0: Hi, it's Dr. Whites. Thank you so much for joining me for this episode of the Private Medical Practice Academy. I want to talk about how do you actually start a business. You know, this seems to be raised as an issue in a number of the Facebook groups that I'm in, and people are always stressed over how do I do it, how long does it take, how much does it cost, can I do it myself? Well, let me tell you, it's super easy, it doesn't take very long, and absolutely you can do it yourself. As a matter of fact, I've always done it myself. And today, I'm going to go through with you the steps of how to do it so that you can get started. Number one, you need to come up with the name of your company. Once you have the name of your company, you're going to go on the Secretary of State website for your state and determine whether or not that name is actually available. In some states, you can actually reserve that name for yourself. And I would really recommend doing this if you are keen on having that specific name, right? Second, you're also going to want to check out the domain names, right? So if you want to brand your new business and you want to make sure that the name that's being chosen for your company is the name that you're going to brand it at, that the domain name is available and secure it. That way, when you actually go to the next steps to incorporate, you will know that you have secured the name that you're looking for. As an aside, I just want to talk about. This concept of doing business as, otherwise known as DBA. So, for example, maybe you don't want everybody to know who the owner of the business is. So, I could be Dr. Sandra White's, and then I could have a DBA, meaning I'm going to do business as, let's say, Sandy's Flower Shop. Okay. If I am advertising Sandy's Flower Shop, then nobody knows that Dr. Sandra White's is actually the owner. If you choose to have a DBA, it gives you a little more flexibility, but in some cases, you're going to want to also check on the Secretary of State website to make sure that the DBA name is available if that's something that you have to do in your given state. Number two, you're going to want to determine the structure of your company. You need to determine whether or not you want to be an LLC or an S corporation. Now I would strongly recommend that you have this conversation with your CPA so that you come to understand the advantages and disadvantages of both of these options. That said, I've always had an LLC for each of my businesses. Why? Because an LLC actually gives you much more flexibility, especially when it comes to the voting rights. And an LLC is uniquely positioned in that you can be taxed either as a partnership or an S corporation. So in this way, you actually get the benefits of an S-corporation, but the flexibility of an LLC. Again, have that conversation with your CPA, but that's what I've done in the past. Now, we're ready to move on to the next step. You're going to go to the Secretary of State website and look for articles of incorporation or articles of organization. You're going to need to fill out the form And there are a couple of key pieces of information you're going to need. Obviously, you need the name. We've already secured that. And you're going to need to know the corporate structure. We've already discussed that. Now, the other two big items. One, who's the registered agent? Okay, what is a registered agent? The registered agent is essentially the person who's going to be getting any of the mail. Mail, snail mail, email. Who is the contact person for your corporation? This is really important. It could be a CPA, it could be an attorney, it could be a family friend, it could be some relative, or it could be you. I would strongly recommend that it's you. Why? Because basically this is the way in which the Secretary of State will communicate with you. And it is really important that you keep up to date with this. You're going to want to make sure that your company is in good standing. And that usually means that at least once a year, you have to fill out an annual report and sometimes other paperwork. The Secretary of State will send you reminders to do this. If you are the registered agent, then you know about it immediately. If it's somebody else, then you're relying on their telling you or they're doing it. Now, if you're the registered agent, doesn't mean that you physically have to do it. You can certainly delegate it, but at least you're actively in the loop. The second thing that... You're going to need for this form that people often have doubts about is the address. You need to put down an address and it can't be a P.O. box. So, what are your options? Well, obviously, if you have an office, that becomes very easy. But a lot of times when you're starting a new business, you don't have that address yet. So, what are your choices? Well, it can be your home address, but I know that giving your home address gives a lot of us the willies. So, what other choices do you have? Well, one is a UPS box and the other is actually a United States Postal Service box. Both of those, if you rent a box, you can actually get a physical street address and that way you don't have to give your home address. Just as an aside, you really have to recognize that you can always change the address simply by going to the Secretary of State website. So this is just not really a big deal even if you give one address to start and then ultimately have to change it. Next, we're going to have to get what is called an EIN. An EIN stands for an employer identification number. And essentially, this is your business's social security number. It is something that you're going to need to be able to get a bank account. It's going to be on every form where somebody is either going to pay you or that you have to pay them. So how do I get one? Well, you can use a service or you can do it yourself. Needless to say, it's, again, one of those super easy things you can do yourself. And if you click on the link below this episode, it will actually take you to the website to get your EIN, something that is essential but pain-free. Once you have your EIN and we're incorporated, we're ready for the next step, and that is to get an NPI. Okay? And I'm sure that you're sitting there thinking to yourself, well, wait a minute, I have an NPI number. Yes, you individually may have an NPI number, but you need an NPI number for your business. If you're studying a practice, you need an NPI number. If you add an ambulatory surgery center, you need an NPI for that business. You add an imaging center, you need an NPI for that. So every time you add a business entity, you will need a new NPI to be attached to that. Again, if you go to the bottom of this episode, you'll find a link that will take you to get a new MPI number for your business. And then you should be ready to go. Thanks for joining me. Be sure to sign up for my newsletter below and I'll be sending you tips on how to start your practice, best run your practice, grow the practice, and then ultimately be able to leverage your medical practice into multiple other businesses. I hope to see you soon.